Welcome back to the Free Film State Podcast, everybody. My name is Ryan Chi, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Hey. But before we do any of that, the condiments, ketchup, hey. mustard, mayonnaise. The ketchup. Um, <laughs> 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 there was a, um, a television series um, that I think Jonathan was on here talking about, or maybe it was Lauren, someone recommended it, uh, Evil Genius. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. me and Jonathan. Yeah, I, um, I was able to, to see that in its entirety. Um, it's an episode too long. One ep- it's one episode too long. I believe it's uh, four episodes total. They all run about one hour each. Right. And through each episode, they kind of break down this story as slowly as they can. Mm-hmm. And you have to watch the, I guess, your listeners, you have to watch till the end to find out what the, the conclusion what of this thing is. What actually happened. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the way, I mean, you could have done that in four episodes instead of five. They kind of strung it out a little bit longer than they had mm-hmm. to. But it was entertaining. You know? I, feel like the, I feel like they strung it out because the first episode was like kind of like that overgeneral introduction of what yep. happened. Yep. So if they had like used half an hour of that episode to introduce and then half an hour to get into the other thing. Yeah. Would have been, I think, would have been, like, yeah. thing. But, yeah, no, I, I get you. Yeah. yeah, like, just a little long. But, yeah, it's like I still, I watched five hours of it, you, you know, so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> can't really shit on that too hard. But, yeah, it was um, it was entertaining enough. That's the thing that, docu- like, documentary filmmakers mm. must be so fucking happy about now. The Netflix. fact that now it's socially acceptable to make a six-hour documentary. Yeah. As long as you put it in series. Yes, yeah. <laughs> as long as you do that, you can you just come and track on me as long as you fucking sure want. Get a 13-hour documentary yeah. here. But fucking before, <laughs> you're just like, oh, you got two hours, so mm. live a story you can. And That's people it. wouldn't watch past two hours. Real, seriously, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. Now you got motherfuckers watching 13 hours of documentaries. Yeah. Uh, we'll just split it up so into two seasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll give you one season. We'll give you one half of the commentary this mm. year, and then yep. the other half next year, yep. and you're going to fucking love it. You'll love it. And uh, <laughs> there's nothing you can say about it. I love that. I mm. love that Netflix has done that for documentary filmmakers. Yeah. The uh, only unfortunate thing is um, a lot of documentary filmmakers are saying by the time the documentary gets to Netflix, they're not seeing any money. You know, oh, really? toward, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know the technicalities of it, but I was listening to a podcast, a, a documentary filmmaker, and it was like any money that they're making from the film, because when you're making a documentary, you're pretty much funding it all yourself. So any money that you're going to be getting back is g- taking it to festivals and things like that. But once yeah. you actually sell it, you know, and then get it to Netflix, you're not seeing like any residuals back. I mean, you're seeing something back, but it's right, just you're like, seeing the, like pennies the on the dollar. Pay you, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's the only unfortunate thing I'm seeing from documentary makers once it gets to Netflix. But the balancing act of it is I saw your documentary. True. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, fuck, that's yeah. annoying. I don't yeah. know how I feel about this. <laughs> yeah. Because you would think they would pay them, like, licensing fees or something like that. You yeah. Know, something that makes making the documentary worth it financially. Yeah. Or to fund the next project. Oh, man. I got to look into that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, like I said, it's just like a gift and a curse. Because, like, had, they not, had it not gone to Netflix, I never would have saw a lot of these documentaries. Right. You know, but, but yeah. Like You're it's, not making fucking money out of it. Nah. So, no. either you watch it or you make money off of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking take your pick. Yo, as, yeah. as, as when I came in today, like we talked about this, we've been talking about this, and I'm sure everyone in North Carolina, probably the entire like south part of the United States, yes, heat wave. Oh, fuck that! It's so hot. Fuck that! It's hot. Like Houston is like 108 degrees. North Ooh. Carolina has been like close to 100 all week. Yep. It's been hot. It hit 100 at one point. It hit Ooh. 101 degrees at one point. Hot. Fuck it. Fuck it. Mm. No, it's bullshit for it's anybody. Mm. Anybody beyond the southern line, mm. anybody that is experiencing more than 85-degree weather right now, yep. pack up your shit, <laughs> move to Seattle, <laughs> move to Canada, move somewhere uh, that doesn't have this bullshit this warm. fucking heat wave. A hundred yes. degrees? What the fuck is that? Yes. hundred 
fucking degrees. Mm-hmm. No, plus, no, degrees it's plus, bullshit yeah. for anybody. Yeah, the, the, like I was saying on, on the way up here to, to record the podcast, the only mm-hmm. thing that it does for me is allows like my vanity and ego and douche uh, bag mode to just be in fully flourished in the summertime. Like, oh, <laughs> no shirt? Yep, going to pop my shirt off here. Yep. It's like I'm just as hot as everybody else, but now I'm feeling good about it, you know, because yeah. I can be a douche. In the wintertime, I could still pop my shirt off and walk around shirtless in the wintertime, but now you're just a super douche. Right. You know, like I was comparing it to they're like wearing <laughs> sunglasses. Like, you really want to wear those sunglasses, but do you want to wear them so bad that you're going to wear them like when there's no sun out? Like, now you're a super douche. Like, I really want to take my shirt off, but are you going to take it off when it's 30 degrees outside? Yeah. Like, you can, but it's like I don't want to go be that kind of douche. Just want to be a regular. <laughs> Run of the mill douche. Can I be honest with you? I'm the, I'm the douche with the sunglasses. In, indoors. <laughs> it's like, I really want to wear these sunglasses. Yeah. There's no sun out whatsoever. I'm going to do it anyway. Listen, sometimes they look good, and mm-hmm. sometimes I don't want you to make eye contact with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to fucking wear my sunglasses. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm looking at, mm-hmm. you can't talk to me that often. All right. So that's why I wear them. But I agree, it does make me look like a fucking douche. Super douche. When I'm like, it's like 7 p.m. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of a dark animation classroom with fucking sunglasses on. Yep. I know what it look like. Okay, I yeah. know it. Yes. But fuck you. I don't want you yes, to talk as to I'm it. saying, it's like, as long as you're consciously aware of your decisions, then it's like, whatever then. It's like, if I'm going to be a full douchebag asshole, then yes, you can call me that. I will accept that and I will continue to do what I'm doing <laughs> if I've made that conscious choice. Right. It's a decision. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, no, fuck the heat. Uh, I hate it. I think it's bullshit. North Carolina is a bullshit state. It's right in the line mm. of that it's constantly too hot and then refreshing at night Mm. and that emotional back and forth of being ready to run naked through the street Mm. and being cozy and comfortable is way too much for me to handle (laughs) and I don't want to fucking live here anymore Mm. and I'm sure Atlanta's not any better I'm going to fucking Vermont or I'm going to fucking Seattle Se- Seattle's really nice. Like yeah. the, Seattle, the only thing is like you don't have that dichotomy. Is like you get like a, a monotone of weather. Oh, you know, I'm so okay with but that. Like oh, it's like it's like 75 to 80 tops, and it's gonna be that forever. Nope. And the only difference difference that you're gonna get is oh, we're gonna get rain, not a little bit of rain. We're gonna get rain for four months straight, yep. nonstop, and then it's back to your monotone weather. You know, so nope. it's like that that weather that they have is right in my sweet spot that I like too. Right. But it's kind of like too much of a good thing. It's like okay, I had a steak today. Here's another steak. And it, it seems like a like a fucked up complaint to have that you're having what you love too much. Yeah, but I get it because then you can't appreciate the niceness of the. You need a yeah. little bit of hot days. Yeah. But here's the thing: mm. when I want a hot day, like a hot hot day. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Just fucking drive down to Cali. Okay. Hey, just do that. Mm. That way, I can choose when I want the hot day. I like that. And otherwise, just stay in the chill fucking spot eating bougie coffee. I do like that. In a coffee shop that's honestly a little too expensive, but it tastes fucking delicious. Yeah. I, I uh, that reminds me. I went to one in Seattle. It's it's called the Moonlight Diner mm. or whatever the fuck. The food is. Uh, I mean, to eat there is like thirty bucks yep. per person for oh, like yeah. a full meal. Yep. I gotta tell you something though. That mm. fucking food was I, delicious. I bet. Yeah. Fucking Seattle's got a lockdown in food. I don't care what anybody tells me. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as like seafood stuff, I really like their seafood because you're right by the water. Right. Um, yeah, they're up there. Like, I want, I want to, I want to bring in Portland for the argument too, because it's right in that same geographical location. True. And their food, they really harp on like organic, you know, type stuff. So it's just like I haven't they, been to Portland. They they rival each other, but it's like I'm not gonna knock Seattle food because that's that's up there. Yeah, Seattle, right. Seattle food's fucking delicious. Hell yeah. coffee, dude. Yes, they're, they're fucking. They're the originators. Yeah. Holy shit. They're the OGs. I went to like a giant. I don't know if I ever talked about this, but mm-hmm. I went to like a Starbucks. That's yeah. like where they roast the coffee. Yeah. They have a coffee bar. 
like it looks just like a liquor bar. Nice. Except it's just coffee. No, no, no. Yeah, you told. Yeah, oh, I definitely. Told yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking, you and your brother went. Oh my god. Yeah. It's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I should just move to see. We should just go to Seattle. Sounds really nice. Yeah, let's just pack this whole shit up and just mm. get the fuck out of here. <laughs> just fuck just this. Live in Seattle forever. Yeah. Fuck this. We'll get a studio apartment, have a basement, something. I don't know. They are expensive, though. That's oh, one yeah, thing that I, yeah, it was hella, hella, hella expensive. <laughs> yeah. Like, I couldn't live there. Like, I was, only reason I even got to live there for the three and a half, four months that I was there because the military was funding all of that. Right. You know, stayed right outside of Mount Rainier, um, Tacoma, anybody from the area, Tacoma, Seattle, right yeah. in the same area. You got to fly into SeaTac Airport. So it was just like, it's it's beautiful. It's it's some of the it's one of the nicest areas in the United States yeah. that you can live, and you're gonna pay for it. Oh yeah, you absolutely <laughs> will. It's uh, I, I my brother has lived there for a while because he moved there to work for Microsoft, nice. and I like I've gone to visit him. Yeah. And just like I've Googled just to see, hey, how much would it be for me to like live here? <laughs> oh yeah, right. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I, I'll start tucking some dick before yep. I can move there. Me too. <laughs> just <laughs> Same. fucking expensive. Yeah, like that's one of my favorite places. Uh, San Francisco too is just mm-hmm. I love San Francisco. Rivals like in um how nice it is and how great the people are, but you're gonna pay for it. Oh yeah. You know, like Walnut Creek and see, I mean, uh, San Francisco area is just hella expensive. It's crazy. Um, I but wish we had money. Anything? Yeah. You've seen anything? <laughs> I wish we had money too. <laughs> I so wish we had money. It's, 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 so, it's, it's to the point to art. Right, there's this, um, when I was in like middle school and high school, mm. like, um, I, I could never afford like nice shoes. Right. And like, you, you know, people would come in with their, their nice clothes or, that, that just came out and their nice shoes that just came out. Mm-hmm. And I was never into that. And you were the same way. You was like, I'll go buy some shoes at Walmart. Like yeah, shoes right. are shoes, you know, clothes are clothes, whatever. Shoes. Yeah. And that's how I was too. But mostly because I just couldn't afford it, you know, right. being broke. So I just had to have that mind state no matter what. But now I'm at the point where I'll see the shoes that I would covet in middle school and high school and I can actually afford to buy them. Yeah. So like I, I, I bought like two or three pairs of shoes, expensive pairs of shoes. I don't blame you. I bought I, them and I have them in the house right now. Now, but I still cannot afford to wear them. (laughs) (laughs) I can't afford to wear them just yet because these shoes are expensive. Are you you saying that you can't afford to wear them like emotionally? (laughs) Financially either, I don't think. Both, both. You know, because like I spend a certain amount of money on it, and then if I wear them, and then they get dirty a little bit, oh, it's yeah. just like I'm. Then I'm sitting there staring at them, and it's like I feel like their value. There's more value in it for me just staring at it and like putting myself back in that middle school schooler's mind. It's like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got that. This is for you, kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it and it just almost feels like a complete like a, a terrible financial decision and a waste of money because like I said shoes are shoes they're right. going to do the same thing they're, they're, you buy them to put on your feet to protect your feet when you walk outside right. and now I have these things that won't go on my feet and will not go outside mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said it's, it's kind of like the, the douche thing it's like well if you're going to make that decision and you understand what kind of decision you're making then go ahead and do it, to make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand how like how screwed up and weird this thing is that I've done but it's like hey I did it, so. I love that because that's how I feel when I when I'm buying televisions. Mm-hmm. Like when I bought my our, our telly downstairs, yeah. The telly that I wanted was like at least like a thousand dollars more expensive, mm-hmm. so I ended up being like a, like a two thousand dollar telly. That's yeah. like the ideal television. Okay. And we, I, we could have bought it. Mm-hmm. We could have put it somewhere and yeah. squirreled it away and bought it. Oh yeah. But there was 
no way that we were going to enjoy anything coming out of that television if we couldn't comfortably pay the $2,000 for it. Yes. There is just no fucking way. No. no. Every movie that comes, like, ah, that looks a bit grainy to me. Yep. Uh, I don't like that. Yes. Is the curve really all the necessary? It, yeah. You wouldn't need when, the curve. Yes. When you think about, like, it. how much you paid for it, then definitely, I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like if, if we had bought that television and I was, like, $500, it would have yeah. looked amazing. Yes. But for $2,000, there is no mm. fucking way I'm enjoying a goddamn thing no. in that television. No, no. That's what um, we ended up getting lucky. Well, I guess not lucky because they do it every year for um, Black Friday. Right. It's like we got like a TV that's a $2,000 equivalent TV for under 1000 bucks. So it was nice. like it felt really – well, it still feels really good because of the money saving. Mm-hmm. But even still, we talked about this. It's like, do you need a 65-inch flat screen uh, curved television in your room? It's like you don't need it, but I'm happy about it. Yeah, I don't need it. <laughs> But I fucking got it. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Listen, sometimes you got to fucking treat yourself. Treat you yourself. Treat, treat You're right. yourself. Yes. That's what you got to do. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> uh, as far as like seeing stuff, the only thing I've been really paying attention to is Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. I haven't Luke, started it yet. Luke Cage came out Friday. Um, watched two episodes into it. The first episode is... I mean, I'm not going to spoil much, but this is something that... that, that all right. So, if you go through a full season of Luke Cage, the first one, you've seen some of that one, of uh, season one? Yeah, yeah, I, see all the, I saw all the season one. Okay, yeah. All right, so, after a while, like, you're thinking to yourself, this motherfucker's bulletproof, right. like, fireproof, like, his reputation has to be going around through the neighborhood that, wh- why are we wasting bullets here? Right, yeah. <laughs> why don't we continue to shoot this guy? Is, <laughs> let me guess, is there a scene where he walks into, like, first a warehouse? First scene. <laughs> The very first scene of as soon as like I'm saying I'm not spoiling because it's the first 15 seconds yeah. of of the opening, and then it's just like he questions them. He was like, "Y'all know who I am? Like, what are you doing with these guns?" <laughs> like, and it was like, "Hey, we had to make it look like we tried." <laughs> and he was like, "All right, well, let's let's go on, let's get along with it." Let's fucking do it. Shoot yeah. me. Fuck, go for it. That's fucking great. Yeah. I'm already into it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I've only seen two episodes so far, but it's it's pretty good so far. Nice. I said, do you think it's gonna be on a better trajectory than Jesse Jones? Uh, no telling. I can't, no I can't tell. Like, two episodes in, like, from the two episodes that I've seen, the first two episodes of Jessica Jones, and yes, yeah, already on a better trajectory, so we'll see. Right. Yeah. Cool. What about you? What, what you I been up to? I haven't been seeing a lot this week, mm-hmm. mostly because I was, I was learning 3D tracking for mm-hmm. my internship next quarter. Okay. And then I've been, I was just working a lot, like, mm-hmm. in the cage. Yeah. Because uh, the guy that worked before me uh, left a mess. Yes. Yeah. He stopped giving a shit. Mm-hmm. So we had to go in and fucking fix everything. Now it looks nice and nice, but it took like two days and a half to get it nice and nice. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing that. I've been doing 3D tracking. Nice. Uh, which is a pain in the dick mm. to get right. It's it's, just, it's it's not super easy. Yeah. Uh, but I've been doing that, and I haven't really been watching a lot. I, I saw the movie that we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. I saw, I think I, I saw Upgrade, but I think that was last week. Saw so what? Upgrade? That was last oh, week, Oh, no, yeah, last right? week. Yeah, we talked about it, yeah. Yeah, and then I haven't really seen anything mm-hmm. other than that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, you would think it's like within a week, but it's just like when you work all week and then you have like other like responsibilities, it's hard to get. I was... Um, I was thinking about like how how much I enjoy bringing in content or like absorbing content, mm-hmm. but when you spend so much time towards trying to create content, you don't have the exact same amount of time to like enjoy consume it. Yeah. content. You know, or enjoy it. You know, and that's true. And and mm-hmm. also, I started working on the the Mr. Clean yes story, storyboard storyboarding mm-hmm. it with Taylor, and that was great. Mm-hmm. But like, it just took my entire week to yeah. get everything done. So I didn't watch a goddamn thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm feeling pretty good about all the shit that I'm starting to do. Very and nice. I feel like Mr. Clean is going to be storyboarded by the, by the next two weeks. Yeah. And then 
pre-produce it and get all the casting and location yep. and before August mm-hmm. and then shoot late August, early September. I love the planning. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's that's my timeline because I, I want to... I would shoot in fucking sooner, but I don't want to deal with the summer heat. Gonna and I, it bake everyone to death. It's fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't suit the aesthetic of the church film a lot. I want it to be a little bit overcast yeah. and, and that kind of shit. So yeah. honestly, just fuck summer. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just what I want to say. Fuck summer. In all regards, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Rick and Morty summer. Don't like her. Yeah. Fuck you know? that stupid bitch. <laughs> Any just, summer. She nope. needs to get her shit together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't been seeing a lot the, this, this couple of weeks. I'm really excited to see. I was excited. I decided to see fucking Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom because mm-hmm. the second trailer was pretty great. Did you see it? No. Okay. Then the reviews came out mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh. <laughs> yes. <I'm off laughs> That's the, what's going to yeah, happen. I'm up off the Chris Pratt train. I'm yeah. telling you, man. I'm up <laughs> off of it. Mm-mm. I think you got like a 55% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes and yeah. like a 60 on Metacritic or I something like that. that. I see it's it. rough. It's rough, man. Yeah. It's rough out there for a pimp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. I'm good. We're we're definitely entering that like dry spell fucking of the movies, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna hit that. There is there is a movie coming out. The the next one I'm really excited about is um it's a movie about Queen. Uh, you know you know the, the band I'm talking about from oh, yeah, uh, the yeah. 70s? Bohemian Rhapsody. With, Bohemian, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody, with, yes. Um, Rami Malik? I, I yeah, can't yeah, think that, of it. Okay. Yeah. He's the guy from Mr. Robot. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's I fucking am, great. I am so anticipating that. That's that doesn't like the come out until November. It's late this year, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm all, excited for that one, too. It doesn't come out until all the, the good movies come out in like late September, November, you know, all of those. So, Damn. But yeah. I still haven't caught Ocean Sight, so I'm probably going to catch that next week. I haven't seen it yet either. Um, I read a review about it from uh, from Dan Kava, yep. a guy from a movie maker's podcast. And this is a guy who typically likes everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a, a lot of movies that I don't think are that good, but he tries to find the good in it, you mm. know, to everything. And this movie, he didn't like a lot. So I was like, hey, if you don't like this, whoa, what's going on? Yeah, something something's weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I, I want to go see it just to see what the fuck is up with it. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that some people like it and mm. then people that normally like a lot of things yeah, don't, don't like, like it. it. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, it reminds me of, and this is funny because it's, but it reminds me of Alien Covenant. Mm. Where people that would like the movie hated it, and people that didn't, didn't like, like the it, movie ended up liking them. Yeah. Mo- what the fuck is mm. happening? So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, I might go see it this week. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, I don't really have anything. Was, Same. No, yeah. We, yeah, that was it. All right, let's fucking talk about Beyond <laughs> Black Rainbow. <laughs> Beyond the Black Rainbow? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, I'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back uh, for Film Sweet Podcast. We're going to talk about the Beyond the Black Rainbow. Chris, hey. do your thing. Uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow is a rated R and came out in 2010, listed as a fantasy science fiction film, a runtime of one hour and 50, min- 50 minutes. Uh, let's see. It says a heavily sedated woman, uh, Ava Allen, with ESP, tries to escape the secluded commune where she's been held captive. Uh, the writer-director is Panos Cosmatos, mm-hmm. and it stars Eva Bourne, Michael Rogers, and Scott Highlands. All right. Before we start talking about the movie, I yes. got to say, I, I took a gamble. Mm. Someone recommended this movie to me, mm. and I saw three shots. That's all I saw. I saw three shots of the movie. Mm. And I just went like, oh, that can look interesting. Yeah. And uh, I took a gamble. I put it on my NWB watch list, and then I put it on the list for the show. Yes. I am so sorry. Let me, let me tell you <laughs> how f- I was furious Friday night. 
I was furious. You know, because like how many how many episodes have we done? Like 150 or so? Like we've done a lot of episodes. And out of those 150 or so weeks, how many times have I texted you in the middle of the night? Like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> you know, it's like out of 150 or so, it's just like, this is a very rare occurrence to where I was just like so offended, you know, by the movie. And then I was like, by the choice, I'm like, why are you making me have to watch this too? Like, not only like you have to watch this, <laughs> you know, why are you making me watch it too. Watch this on your own fucking time, you piece of shit. I was like, what am I doing with this? And it's like, it's like one o'clock in the morning. And it's like, I just want to finish the movie and go to bed. And I'm just like so upset watching it, you know, but, um, <laughs> I, I gave it it's another funny, shot. It's funny because you sent me the text. Yes. And then I'm just like, I'm watching this movie and it's so bad, it's so man. bad. Like, what the fuck drew you to this movie? <laughs> yes. And I read that conversation. I was like three in the morning because I fell asleep. Yeah. And I, and I read it and the only thing that that translated to me is just like, why the fuck are you making me watch this? At 1 a.m. on a fucking Friday, you entitled piece of shit. That is what that message translated. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, it's so bad. Like the reviews are bad. Like I, I watched it myself and I don't think that it's good. So it was like, there has to be something that I should be pulling from this. There has to be something. So tell me what it is that I should be getting from this. I just took a gamble. I just rolled the fucking dice. And I just let someone else make a choice. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly why I don't trust motherfuckers mm -hmm. when they recommend me movies. I rolled the die and I fucking got, what's the worst thing? Like a snake eye? Is that the worst thing you can That would be good, I think. Or is it bad? I don't know about that. I don't know. I got like a, like a fucking like five and like a two. Mm -hmm. Like it was just bad. You got bad. Yeah. It was just not a good roll. Yeah. And I apologize immensely. You know, but... <laughs> Still gonna try to make, gonna make the best of it. Gonna make the best I mean, of it. Fucking have to. Cause um, this what I what I do enjoy about this is like the continuity of it. It's like when when you look at like a complete piece, it is one thing. It definitely understands what it is, and it's it's fluid. You right. know, so so I'll give it that. You know, it's it's not trying to be anything other than it than it is, and the tone is the same throughout the movie. And you you get that when when a writer and a director are the same person a lot of the right. time. So which is the that. case with this one, right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Same writer director, and this is his his uh, directorial debut. You know, <laughs> really? yeah, yeah. How this. the fuck does he have a career after this? The, the movie that he did afterwards with uh, Nicolas Cage is is, is good. You right. know, that, that's what made me give this movie a second try. I was like, so you made this, and then credible actors, whether you want to call Nicolas Cage credible or not, <laughs> you know, then a credible actor, you know, seen that and was like, yeah, I want to be a part of whatever you're doing next. Right. You know, so I'm like, there has to be something, there's something in there. You know, so after watching it for the second time, I was like, all right, there's something there. Not good, you know, but there's definitely <laughs> something there that can be translated into a different idea if someone is working with you. Kind of like... um. When uh, Quentin Tarantino had the, uh, the the lady, the woman that was direct oh, editing other. for him, yeah. yeah, it's like without her, it's like you see the movies that he's making. It was like, okay, there's something there. This isn't really good, but right. it, there's something there. But there's not something that wasn't quite given to the full potential. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I, I like see. That. With, that's what I see with yeah. this. So it's like we're, I'm not. I don't want to overhype this. Like this is good in any way. Promise you, it's not. It's not good. <laughs> but there are some good things about it, though. <laughs> 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 Listen, uh, all right. It, it's it's clearly I clearly hated the entire movie watching experience. Okay, I thought it was bullshit. Mm. It had no structure. No, and it, no. And it made me sit through two hours of pointless scene after scene mm. with no internal narrative other than like nah. the dude's a dick and yeah. she's trying to get away. Yep. And so that's happening scene after scene after scene, but none of the scenes feel interconnected. 
Uh, Nothing that's really like at the end of the movie, they mm-hmm. started to getting a little bit more sort of linked okay. together. Yeah. But in the beginning of the movie, like the movie starts with the weird cult leader. Yeah. Talking to you. That's yeah. the first thing you see in the movie. Like it's a cold recruitment video. Yeah. He's um he's trying to recruit uh, human beings to become one. It's like the thing that everyone needs is like serenity, peace, and happiness, right. and all of those things can be um. Uh, acquired through his cult which is trying to give you those things through technology right you know so through technology you're able to have peace serenity and be one with everything yeah it's got a heaven's gate approach to yeah. It. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and i was like all right it's a weird culty mm-hmm. thing someone clearly got kidnapped by the cult and now she's trying to get away that's kind of the plot that i or, expected or she well yeah yeah okay yeah because I, I thought that she maybe volunteered you know to go on her own and then was trapped in there and we don't see what happens to her like oh she was a baby brought into this yeah, yeah yeah she she was born into the cult and yeah. then kept captive and yeah. she's got extra sensor extra sensory fucking powers yeah and, which sounds fucking great. Like a psychic escaping a cold. I'm yeah. fucking down. It reminds me a bit of a, you see a firefly or serenity. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah like she, like her, it reminded me a bit of that, but I was like, but not done well. Right. <laughs> and so like, it's just like, okay, I get it. ESP mm-hmm. cult. Yep. Uh, weird cult leaders, mm-hmm. weird guy that makes her want to cry. Yep. She's heavily sedated. Oh yeah. I got all the ingredients to make an interesting film. Mm. And then he just burned all of them. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. She just fucking threw them in the fire and then pulled out charcoal pieces of ingredients that would have made a cool movie. There was, it was like, I, I liked, I liked his, his point, but it's just I don't like how the journey I had to go through to get to his yeah. point. And it's just like the, what, I, what I took from it, and I feel like there can be a number of different, you know, things to take from it, you know, kind of like um, in a Mulholland Drive. It's like, okay, that's what you felt the movie was, but this is what you felt it was, but both of us can be completely wrong. Right. You know, like, and that's what I feel like with this one. But what I took from it, um, the, arc, ar- ar- the large arcing thing that I took from it was technology versus uh, nature. Mm-hmm. And um, with, with, with the technology, you've seen a lot of, like, uh, Ge- ge- geographically, not geographically. I'm talking about geometry. Yeah, uh, ge- yeah. Geom- how do you say that word? Geometry, geometrically, geometrically, geometrically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of geometrically like uh, sound items. A lot of like um, like the triangle and mm-hmm. a, just technology just abundant inside this like a uh, warehouse or uh, yeah, compound. Yeah, things are very sharp. Things yeah. are have a lot of corners. Oh, yeah. Got a lot of like precise lines. Yeah. In the set, which is like the man-made. Mm. I guess symbolizes the man-made structure. Everything for very man-made, yeah. Whereas nature is kind of like this Just, flowy, fluid yeah. source of happiness. Yeah. And, and like, and, and I think the cult does have some semblance of that because mm-hmm. when the cult recruits you, they use a lot of like naturalistic imagery mm-hmm. in their advertisement material. Oh, and yeah. then when they come back, they're talking about how human manipulates it yeah. to like make certain psycho psychoactive compounds and all that shit. That puts you into the cult, yeah, and 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 so like that's a theme that I can get behind. Yeah, and he, yeah. he was he was using technology to uh, to manipulate our um, our protagonist, you know, with the uh, the the large white glowing triangle. Mm-hmm. Whenever he would turn that up to the max, like she would just be. Um, almost comatose she's like she couldn't really control it so the only thing she could do was just sit in the corner of a room right. not do anything but uh catatonic yeah okay. catatonic yeah okay. yeah and um one scene in the movie if i'm gonna describe a scene that i actually liked you know because there's not many <laughs> you know because there's, <laughs> there's some technical things that, that we could talk about but yeah. a scene that i liked when there's a uh, a nurse or some kind of uh, woman yeah, she caretaker, walks in. Or caretaker yeah she walks in she takes a picture away from her and just starts you know giving her shit and just 
it's, it's terrible what she's doing. Just like talking shit to her, takes her picture away from her, and then the uh, the guy, our main antagonist, he goes like, "All right, let me see what she can actually do to this woman." Right. He turns the technology all the way down, turns the uh, the glowing triangle down, and it gives her full you know range of her uh, her ability. Mm-hmm. You know, she can do whatever she wants, and what she wants to do is kill this lady that was talking all that shit to her, and she does. Like blood splurting out of the eyes, head explodes, yeah. like kills the lady. Yeah, the whole bed, the whole psychic bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She uses all of her power. Like she's in touch with. She's in touch with, and I, like, I didn't understand like how much she was in touch with the true essence of what it was supposed to be with technology mm-hmm. and with uh, with nature right. until the end where she used nature to kill the yeah. antagonist, you know. But um, yeah, like that's the one scene that I could really say I dug just because visually it looked cool seeing her head the, burst in blood. And like the contrast of like the pure white yep. and the pure red yep. that was like really aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. The one thing that I will give this movie mm-hmm. is that some of the shots are genuinely gorgeous. Yes. Oh yeah. Some of the shots look very very pretty. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 actually, a lot of them are when people are sleeping. Mm. They're framed really interesting. I think when Rosemary is asleep, mm. she's got two really good-looking shots. Uh, when the girl is passed out, those shots look very pretty. Mm. Um, the weird sort of low-angle shots that they yes. had towards people. I agree on that. Those were interesting. Those mm. were fun to look at. Yeah. But that's, I think, like, for me personally, that is the only redeeming quality that I can find in this film in terms of, like, technicality. It's not it's in technicality. Like, I don't want to shit on the movie a whole lot because mm-hmm. it's not easy to make a movie. No, not at all. And, like, they, they clearly put a lot of work into it. Lots of work. But, like, a lot of the decisions were just so borderline experimental on a film that was advertised as a narrative. This, the thing, like, the only thing that I've seen um, as far as, like, there's a competent person that knows what they're doing at their job was mm-hmm. lighting. Yeah, as far as, really you know, whoever was in charge of the lighting, I'm like, that person is competent, you know, throughout the entire film, lighting. So it's like, I can't take many points off of lighting. But as far as, like, the director and um, the DP, like, why do we, you're giving us close-ups, but they're not really giving us any more information. So right. like you're saying, it seems, seems very experimental. Usually when you're giving these tight close-ups, it's for a reason, and you're trying to express something emotionally or narratively, mm-hmm. and these close-ups just seem to be... You know, close-ups. just close-ups. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like, like you say, you get you get a lot of good shots sometimes, but it's almost like an accident. You know, it was just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I'm just gonna continue to do this, and then I'm gonna hit the lottery out of one of these. Yeah, you like know? out of 150 something shots, yeah. you're gonna one of them is gonna look good. Yeah, um, I I agree. I feel yeah. like the close-ups were just close-ups. Yeah, they were just there. Just there, and yeah. like. Like, I, I think, I, I could argue that the reason why we were so close on all the characters mm. is because they wanted us to feel disoriented in quite the same way that the main girl, Elena, mm. was feeling disoriented and confused. Yeah. I can argue that. You Maybe. can make that argument. Maybe. But if we're not following, like, we see the, the movie is constantly in close-ups and, mm. and scenes where Elena is not even in the movie. And yeah. She hasn't been in the movie for 20 minutes, yep. and we're still seeing close-up after close-up after yep. close-up. So just like, kind would you have, sh- yeah. yeah, would you have shown a little, if, if he had shown a little bit more restriction <laughs> with the close-ups and just do the close-up on the scene where Elena is interacting with the guy or Elena's doing something. Yes, that shows purpose. That shows purpose. Yes. And I would have just been like, all right, I see what you're, what, what you're juggling mm-hmm. here yep. and I get it. Yeah. But the fact that I got a close-up almost every minute of the movie just yeah. makes me think like, you just like close-ups. You're just doing it. Yep. <laughs> and you just want to give me weird visuals. Yeah. And you just want to attack my senses with mm-hmm. random imagery and weird overblown filters that add nothing to the scene. Nope. 
And 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 I fucking hated it. That's that's why I gave yeah. the um. Why I was like, if I'm gonna give like some kind of check mark, I was like the continuity because you're getting those weird overblown things, like not from the beginning, throughout the entire throughout movie. The entire and, it, thing. and it's like it definitely doesn't work. But it's like this is a person who was like going back to the douchebag arm. It's like, yep, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> you may not like it, but it's not this. Like some of those things weren't accidents. Like so, like as far as the lighting, mm-hmm. those weren't on accidents. Clearly on purpose. Clearly on purpose. The the blown out, uh, oversaturated type things like those clearly on purpose so yeah. it's like I'll take that as a conscious decision you know from someone but it's like the things we're talking about like with close ups and the storyline just being so jumbled and not being able to follow it from beginning to end right. it's like I don't see competency behind some of those decisions yeah and the weirdest thing for me about the movie is that the movie seems to be about Elena escaping yeah that's what the movie wants us to focus on in the last half an hour yep but we don't get anything mm-hmm. about Elena after the 10 minute mark for like 40 minutes Oh, no, we don't, no. She's just not in it. No. She, it's all focused on this Barry guy. Yeah. Who's a fucking freak. And a Dr. Abari. That's <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> and Dr. Abari, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, like, all, all the, like, the story takes a weird sidetrack into this guy and the doctor mm-hmm. and how this guy is emotionally incapable of handling even the least bit of rejection. And then we go into how he joined the cult. Mm-hmm. And then that gives us the background for Elena. Yeah. But that background doesn't come in until at the very end of the time that we spend with Barry. Mm-hmm. And then it only tells us that her dad was Arborea. Yeah. And that she was born into it. And yep. she knows nothing else of that. Mm-hmm. And it's somehow connected to the outside of nature. And she's like the essence of what like... I think what the movie was trying to say is that everyone that was in the cult mm. got happiness by becoming... Elena? Becoming one with whatever that thing is. And I guess that's Elena. Elena? They become one into that thing. Her? Yeah, they become like one entity yeah. through Elena. I yeah, think that's kind of like what the movie wanted me to think. I guess. But it's just so not fucking clear. No. There's just no structure. Yeah, there is nothing that gives you an inkling of of anything beyond theorizing and sort of pushing, like projecting your own just like like me as a filmmaker i'm going like all right he gave me that so mm. that must mean something yeah you would think i wonder what that meant then i try to link it together but if i was a general movie going audience i'd just be like fuck you. you you know and i have to all right so a lot of the movies were where i'm like um i like movies that aren't put together for me right. to where the dots aren't all connected in this linear i was like okay i'd like to be able to give me a little bit here and i'll connect that dot to there i'm like okay and that, like it's fun for me right. but it's like when your dots are, are, are these supposed to connect? Are these not supposed <laughs> to connect? Like, I don't see where you're going here, and it's way too difficult to, to put it together. Yeah. Someone, it's like he's giving you one dot that's labeled 15, mm-hmm. and then another one that's labeled 57. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, where the fuck are the other ones? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of what it feels like. That's in the other dimension. You have to flip the dimension board to get to that. <laughs> you know, so what the fuck, bro? What is this? There was one reviewer, he said, uh, if you follow this uh, muddled space film's logic throughout, you deserve a merit of honor badge for a devotion to service B. Beyond the call of duty. <laughs> well beyond the call of duty. If you can follow this, there's just some review. Just some review yeah. Online. yeah. You deserve a merit, a merit of honor badge. <laughs> I, I read one review online that honestly bothered me because mm. the dude was just like, he gave the movie a 3.5 out of 4. Ooh. Yeah, right? And then he All said, right. and but his review essentially came around to, the movie makes no fucking sense. Mm. It's hard to follow. Yes. It's obtuse. Mm-hmm. And it's annoying and an attack to the senses. Yes. But if you get past that, you see an inkling of genius in the film. And I was just like, you're just someone that's writing a review 
about a movie that wants to seem smart and it's just saying that this movie is good because it's weird. I, w- I want to... Okay, I agree yeah. with all of that that he said except for the end. If you get past all of that, there's an inkling of genius yeah, there. Yeah, that's what wanna, it came down to. Yeah. I want to say if you get past all of that, there's an inkling of competency. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not genius. Like I said, the, the, if, like, if you want to carry over like the lighting, you know, like whoever would, if that's you that that's over in charge of the lighting, then yeah, the next movie that you do, you're the lighting guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It was like, yes, there was there's clear competency that whoever is lighting, they can go to any movie set and you can do very well there. But as far as like storyline and structure, there's no genius in that no, you know man. as far as like editing like why do i have so many goddamn cross dissolves man did you see that <laughs> so many of them. why man I, I i and this is another thing that i think would have been would have worked mm. if it had been restrained to just elena's point of view mm. if all those cross dissolves and those delayed movement and overlaid shots of each other mm. where when we were following elena yeah only it would have made sense because she's heavily sedated. Yes, yes. She's drugged. Yep. Her perception of the world is not quite real. Mm-hmm. And we see that through her point of view that does happen at the end when yep. she's purely outside. Yep. We don't get any more of that weird psychic process mm. of whatever. No. So I, they had the idea. Yeah. They had it. But they fucked it by using it on everywhere else in the movie. Mm-hmm. Because uh, and there's, there's a shot that I really like when she's finally escaping where she's pressing the button. And she presses the button, mm. and then another overlaid her presses the button a oh, couple of yeah. seconds after her. Yeah, that was great. Yes. And the reason why I think that was great is because Satoshi Kun, one of the greatest animators mm. uh, of like one of the greatest Japanese animators of all time, yeah. made a short called Ohio, which means "Good Morning" in Japanese. Okay, about a woman that wakes up, and the physical woman wakes up. And then there's an overlaid version of the woman doing the oh, same action. Mm. Uh, and they're delayed by like maybe five seconds. Yeah. And as she gets through the morning, the delay gets shorter and shorter until they meet up. Oh. Which is to describe That's the sim- feeling mm-hmm. of when you wake up. Because yep. you have that lag when you wake up. Yep. So I was just like, okay, I see the idea that you're going for. Intention, yeah. I see, But I've seen that same idea execution, like executed yeah. so much better mm-hmm. somewhere else. Yeah. That I can't give you credit. For using it without restraint. Yes. And that's really what... It's the lack of restraint in the movie that fucking annoys the shit out of me. No, I agree. Uh, 100% agree. Mm. It's, it's like he found things that he likes mm. and then doesn't know how to use them with intention and purpose. Right. You know? And it just makes the whole thing feel like a jumble mess of mm. intangible, inelegible words and shots and sentences and ideas that are yeah. fragmented throughout the entire thing mm-hmm. it's like a soup that doesn't taste good no it's just bad it's like a soup for your eyes yeah <laughs> it's, it's gross <laughs> you just burn like your retina out <laughs> soup for your eyes <laughs> how'd you like that uh, it's, it's 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 annoying yeah. it's incomprehensible mm. it's an attack on the senses continuously yes some shots that are close to each other are Super, super dark mm. and super, super, super grainy. Mm. And other shots are super, super blown out. Yeah. Artificially enhanced with some shape or form of filter. Mm-hmm. What feels like a polarizing filter, yeah, honestly. a little bit, yeah. Uh, and all the only real inkling of a person that you see in the shot is like their hairline or maybe their eyes. And it's got this weird visual imagery of mm. like, it's got a sequence that lasts like 20 minutes. Which one? When the guy uh, injects Dr. Boy. Oh, in the foot? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the sequence immediately after that, <laughs> mm. where he just goes on the psychoanalytic trip. Mm. Uh, what? The, why? Why? Why am I seeing twenty minutes of an acid trip? I don't you need know, this. It's like that. I thought that was like they were really that was we were getting to the meat of the movie, and that's where he was really trying to explain all of the nonsense that we got up into that. Yeah. But your explanation was even muddled, you right? Know, because we we got to see the the birth or the uh, the beginning of our our main character of our protagonist as the baby, and we get to see about her mother, who we've been hearing about from the beginning, and then we get to see her death, and we get to see how they're they're transcending the human body and technology and going through this like some kind of LSD that they'll put in their eye and their mouth mm-hmm. or whatever, then go through this like muddy liquid type thing or whatever, then transfer to a different dimension or a different world. But even that explanation was too muddy to where you can't even understand like what's happening there. Right. Like, the dots aren't connecting. They're not. And so like that 20 minute sequence feels like a chunk that should have been in another movie mm. where we just see Elena. Like that really should have just been like 10 minutes out of that. Elena's birth and death or whatever. Mm her origin, and then just cut. I don't need to see 15 minutes of, like, giant heads in, mm. in like, weird mountains <laughs> with, yeah. like, a weird old dude fucking somebody and mm. then going, disappearing in a black pit of, like, Some weird, kind of swampy, stuff. mud, yeah. gooey, whatever. Yeah. I, I get it, man. I get that it was your aesthetic. It's your vision to mm. make the sort of weird avant-garde art. I get it. Mm. There is definitely like a market for that in mm. experimental filmmaking. Yeah. But your movie is neither experimental enough or narrative enough mm. to fulfill either niche. It's not. And when it doesn't fulfill either niche, you have people like me that can appreciate either niche yeah. going, fucking pick one. Fucking pick Do one. Do something well here. Do something. Like either go completely obtuse mm. or go narrative. Sure. There's just just that's just the way it should be. Mm. Because when you're writing the fucking middle lane, the only thing I'm going is just like, I wish that you picked your information correctly or, or that you show some restraint. That's the only thing I want. And nobody's happy here. And nobody's happy. <laughs> no. Because like if, if he had shown restraint mm. to keep everything that is weird and experimental about the film related to Elena, which is arguably the most suitable vehicle for all the weird experimental yes. shit, her being a fucking psychic... Mm. And then Barry just being like a weird old dude who, as far as I know, has no psychic ability of any sort. No. Uh, he's just kind of a weird old dude that runs a cult now after Arboria died. Yeah. And he's freaky and his relationship with his wife doesn't make sense. Uh, or like the lady that was maybe yeah, his uh, wife. Dr. Arboria. So he transferred the um, the power. Not transferred. I guess he allowed Barry to get the same powers or whatever. Because uh, we gave him remember with the scene where he has the third eye or the eye of Horus on right, his forehead. Yeah. And then he's like, are you, are you prepared to go on a great journey? Then he gives him the drops, and then he goes into that gunk stuff. Okay. So it's like, I'm, I'm assuming from that point, he's able to transcend or become that person. Because when he comes back, he's like, uh, we're all nothing but a dust in the wind. Nothing matters. Yeah. And he cares nothing for human life, because that doesn't even matter right, either. Right, because he's yeah. seen God or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And like, I guess that's true. Yeah. But there's no emotional link that lets me relate to that. No, definitely There's not. There's nothing. No emotional link. Yeah. The only thing that I would, by the time I got to the movie and then it, and it's abrupt ending, yeah. I was, because um, you see how it ends, like he's yeah. killed by nature ultimately. But um, I was wanting, I want a second, I wanted a second movie. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm like, can I just not see this first movie, but then just immediately give me the sequel to where you have the head leader of the cult guy going after this, this uh, ESP lady out in the wilderness because 
it just just started from there, yeah. you know, and focus more on on this lady. What was it, Rosemary? Focus. Uh, Rosemary was the the daughter. No, Rosemary was the the lady that he's that lived with him. Elena was the daughter. Elena. Yeah, yeah. Elena was the daughter. Yeah, can we, can we focus Elena? Yeah. You know, if this movie is about Elena, why we focus on the antagonist through like 80% of the movie? Yeah, I, I didn't get that. Yeah. I didn't. If you, can you read the, the it says uh, uh, a girl escaping from a... Yeah, a, a heavily sedated woman with ESP tries to escape from the secluded commune where she's being held captive. If your fucking synopsis starts with a heavily sedated woman, mm-hmm. I want to see the heavily sedated woman. Yeah. I want to see her. I want to see how she interacts with the world. Yep. The movie is about her, not about this fucking old, weird psycho with a third eye. Yep. And like, another thing that really bothered me about this other character is that he's angry mm-hmm. the entire film. Oh, yeah. Well, well, to the end, where um he gets injected. Oh, which one? The um Barry or Barry, Doctor? Barry. Oh, Barry. Barry. No, yeah. He's Hold angry film. the entire Hold film. Time. Oh, for no reason. Kind of, well, when he comes back from the gook stuff, and then he kills the uh, lady by crushing her skull. Mm-hmm. He um, the, well, the uh, the the captions says he moans with pleasure, yes. or something like that. So like he gets a little bit of happiness, like through killing yeah. <laughs> someone a, a bit, you know. Uh, the- yeah, and then when he kills the guy outside, whatever stabs him through the um through the chin, mm-hmm. he seems to be enjoying like from what he calls setting people free, right. you know, out of their human vessels. But yeah, he's mad the entire film. He is mad. And, but, uh, like, there are angry characters in movies, right? But when no, this you're... Guy's, ca- this, this guy's not angry. Yeah. Like, so this guy is mad. Right. He's just <laughs> moderately He's annoyed crazy. the He's entire film. Guy. Yeah. And, but there's no reason for him to really be... Like, the audience has no correlation to his emotional state the entire movie. In, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if who who's a villain that's always angry or mad the entire movie from, like, movies that we know... Like the the dude from No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. right? He's always like at least moderately annoyed. He yeah. never really smiles throughout the film. No, he's just always one tone emotional guy. Yeah. But we sort of like him because he's interesting. We get his motivation. Yeah. We know why he's doing this. Yes. We know that he's a psychopath yep. with no real human emotion. Mm-hmm. So we allow the fact that he doesn't have any real emotion. Yeah. But this fucking guy from the beginning of the movie, he's kind of like an unstable like wannabe Kylo Ren, you know, like he's emotionally unstable and shaky and wants to make people around him cry, mm. but we don't know why. No, there's no connection. It's like, I like the, the mad scientist type thing. Cause like mm. he is, there's the, the screws aren't all there. Right. Like he's a little bit crazy, you know? So, I mean, but I wish we could just connect to his, his, uh, his disconnect. Right, you know, yeah. same, same thing what you're saying with the No Country for Old Men. You Clearly, this man has a disconnect, but you're allowing us to connect to his disconnect to understand why he's doing the things that he's doing. Right. You know, but with, with this character, it's like, no, there's a clear disconnect, and we see what he's doing, but we don't understand why. Right, you know, and so. there's no way for us as an audience to learn why. Mm-hmm. There's no opportunity for us to understand his disconnect. No. He's just disconnected, yep. and he's going to kill people. Yep. And then you're going to have to deal with it because Elena has to run away from him because he's clearly a psychopath. Yeah. And that's all you get. That's all you fucking get for that character interaction. Yep. And Elena doesn't talk the entire movie, which is fine. Mm. But again, this is another character that the only real emotional connection that we get is that her mom's dead and mm. she wants to see her again. Yep. And then she's heavily sedated. That's yes. the only two or three things that we get yeah. to sympathize with Elena. So... Mm. Th- who gives a shit? Yep. Who gives a fuck about your characters in this movie? Yep. The the best scene was when the nurse got her fucking head blown up. Mm-hmm. 
That's the best scene. Yeah. And it takes like 30 seconds. And it's over. That's it. And like the most anyone interacts with her is that nurse yeah. before she gets her head blown up. Mm -hmm. why, am I, why am I as an audience member going to think that Elena is in any vague sort of threat if no one's actually threatening her? Mm. She's just held captive. Sure, that's a vague threat. Yeah. But the main character doesn't ever at any point interact with her until the very end of the movie. Mm. Apart from the two or three conversations that we get at the beginning, yeah. that's it. That's it. There was the end, like there was just like gratuitous death too, because yeah. like at the end you have two guys, and we've seen like this setup for like death. You're off in the middle of the woods by a campfire, and there's two guys sitting there, and the killer's out there. Mm -hmm. So when the first guy, they're they're having their conversation, and then um, I forget what he says, but like the skinny ratty guy picks his beer up, and then he says something something fat ass shut up. Fat fuck. Yeah. yeah, and then the um, so I'm like, all right, so this is the person I'm supposed to sympathize with, like the fat guy and this other guy that's a piece of shit is about to go off into the woods and die right. you know like that's that's how it usually is so i'm like all right so the guy goes off in the woods he dies and then like the guy who i'm sympathizing with because i'm like all right this might just be a good guy you know right. we don't he said he supposedly didn't he said i didn't fuck her i didn't touch her the girl that you're looking for whatever right. supposedly just a good guy but then i'm like then just go ahead and kill him too i'm just like, like you said, and just, he had the most violent death yeah, of anybody of anybody it's like it doesn't make sense it's like it's just jumbled up nonsense just for the purpose of doing it right there's there's no information being gained you know by any of these actions or, or any of these choices that are being made so yeah and then the main antagonist he has a three-minute conversation not in three minutes like two-minute conversation with elena mm. and the only thing he's saying is come to me oh yeah and then he starts crying <laughs> and then she just goes like no go fuck yourself yeah. ties his leg around a branch mm -hmm. he yells come to me mm -hmm. again and then she just fucking eats him into a rock yep. and then he's dead and mm -hmm. the movie cuts the credits that's it just like that what the fuck mm -hmm. like this is the one movie in such a long time that the movie ended yeah. and i did the white guy blinking meme i was just like what the fuck happened <laughs> what yeah. what did i just watch mm. and i and I, I, I already hate movies that lack a structure mm. as we've yep. seen yes i've already hate movies that like to be pretentious for the sake of being pretentious yep. As we know, yep. I hate movies that lack any sense of emotional connection mm -hmm. because they think that you have to be smart enough to understand this. Yep. It's, just, it's a cynical way of looking at humanity. These people are crazy just because they're crazy. Mm. So it's everything I hate in terms of filmmaking yep. in a movie mm. that I sat through two fucking hours for, and then I paid mm. six bucks to rent it. I paid three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like... Not only did I watch it, I paid for it. Yeah, me too, now yeah. I'm angry that I spent six dollars, <laughs> yeah. and I have those two hours that I'm never gonna get fucking back. Nope. And now I'm screaming into a microphone about this movie, mm. so the whole experience can go fuck itself. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Mm. I hate it so much. I, I'm, I'm glad that I watched it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm very glad that I've seen it because this is not a movie that I ever would have sought out on my own. Same. And now it's a part of me and I never have to go watch that again. Yep. It's just there are going to be a number of people that I may see in my life, maybe only two or three, for mm -hmm. the next 50 or so years that I'm on this earth. That and you then, think would like this movie. And, you no, know, I may come across a conversation like, have you ever seen this movie? This movie is good. And then that, do you know what that conversation is going to be like? It's going <laughs> to no. be like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's <laughs> gonna be like this, because you know, yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna run into somebody one day that's, that's gonna be good. like, yep. you gotta see this movie. This movie is great. Just, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, I know one person that would potentially like this movie. Mm. That is it. Yeah, out of the fucking sixty something people that I know in my yeah. daily life, I know one person that might think it's good. Yeah, and I don't really like his opinion on filmmaking. There we anyway, go. So yeah. there we go. Um, but that being said. 
as much as I hated the, the film mm. and the film watching experience, yeah. I think that the lighting in the movie is phenomenal. Yes. The cinematography, even if accidental, mm. at some points looks absolutely gorgeous. He got some things right. Mm. The, the weird, the visuals, although inconsistent, annoying, and just outright fucking gratuitous. Oh, yeah. They tend to look very good. Mm. Like the imagery and that weird LSD trip, although they were very good looking, I found them, e- I found them annoying because they had no relation to the movie. Mm. But they did look good. Yeah, the, the one uh, that I would bring up is uh, when he takes the pills and then the walls start to melt behind yes. him. Just to kind of, And I'm like, okay, that's intent. Like, that's what he's feeling within his body and we're seeing it visually behind him. Right. I'm like, okay, I like decisions like that. But we don't get, like, intent like that throughout the yeah, entire movie. We don't get very many of those. No. And uh, there was one particular moment that, apart from the melting walls, mm-hmm. that I thought was interesting. And I just it just kind of got lost mm-hmm. in the midst of fucking everything yeah, the fuckery. that happened. Yeah. Um, but the movie does have some shots that look gorgeous. Mm. There are some shots that are worth to like take a screenshot of and yeah. then like break down and yep. see why they did it or yeah. how they did it or how it's composed. Yeah. I'll give it that. Mm. Shots look good. The one thing I didn't like is the grain because it didn't feel like actual 60 millimeter grain. Mm. It felt like digitally added grain. It, it, it was. I actually had to look that up and they said it was because the movie is supposed to be uh, filmed in 1983 even uh, though it was shot in 2010, so they were using that kind of trying to make it retro a bit. Hey, guess what? Mm-hmm. Uh, rent a 1983 camera. How about that? That would be nice. It's it's, it's fucking <laughs> cheaper. Double well, the film. The film's not. But no. Hey, rent a 1983 camera. Shoot it in actual 1983 it, technology. Yeah. Happens all the time. People do it all the time. Yes, they do. That's how they did the fucking Apple, the Steve Jobs movie with Fassbender. Oh, yeah, they did. Yes. Yeah, they yeah. shot it in, in technology reminiscent of the time. Yeah. So it's not impossible. No. Hey, digital green, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just for him, it's like I don't think he had the budget. And yeah. when you look at the movie, it's like there are not very many locations. And I would have to assume that all a lot of those close-ups were due to the fact that they don't have locations. True. Because you, know, you get the yeah. one the, the one shot with the um, the triangle that's lighting up in mm-hmm. that room. Outside of that is just like close-ups. Don't look what's on the right side or the left side because there's literally nothing there. There's We're in an all-black room with a couch, and, you know, and that's it. So it's like I assume his budget was very, very, very low, and he was trying to make the best film that he could with the budget. Yeah. So it's like I'm technically, if I'm going to like score this like 1 out of 10, I have to look at the things that were technically done right mm-hmm. and then subtract points for all the bullshit mm-hmm. and this is going to be my lower score of any movie we've done here but yeah it's but, a, yeah but here's the thing with bad with small budget movies mm. if you have like if that triangle thing that you absolutely must have mm. is a must have for the film mm. find a cheaper way of doing it or find a way of doing something that has the same effect as that thing mm-hmm. and then accommodate your budget so that the rest of the movie yeah. so instead of blowing your load on one aspect of the film mm-hmm. you blow your load on many tiny aspects of the film and you have a more a cohesive well put together piece mm-hmm. and maybe that thing wouldn't have been as dramatic as you wanted it yeah. but the movie would have made sense because the budget is spread evenly throughout yep. the film yep. and things look consistently good yeah. 
instead of that thing looking really good and everything else looking like shite. Yeah, trying to make it look like it's a higher budget movie than it actually is. Right. Like, don't, don't, don't do that. And there's movies that have like very high concept mm-hmm. that are super low budget yes. and they do it extremely well. Very Primer true. being my favorite one. Primer, yes. Oh, yeah. uh, Circle, that I've was a that Netflix one. original. We saw it at your house on a party one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the floors light up. With the, yeah, okay, the yeah. floors light up and people start dying. Yeah, yeah. And like it's an alien thing. Mm-hmm. It's literally a black room with red circles. Yeah. It looks good yep. and it's fun. It's a fun movie. Yes, but it's one location. They yep. just blew their load in the right places in terms of budget. Mm-hmm. I would much rather a filmmaker evenly spread out his budget and come to terms with the fact that his budget isn't big, yeah. than trying to pretend that his budget is a lot bigger than it is, mm. which I think is what happened with Me this too. movie. Yeah, I think he blew a lot of his money on that giant pyramid Mm -hmm. and that whole sci-fi setup for the two or three locations that were in black rooms. Yep. And then he was just like, oh, we ran out of money. That's it? Yes. Gotta work uh, with this. And and that's really what it feels like. Close up, close up, close up. (laughs) Yeah. And it's inconsistent, tonally Mm -hmm. annoying, Mm -hmm. visually disruptive. Mm -hmm. It's an attack on the senses. Oh, yes. And the editing, although interesting, borders on way too experimental for a narrative film, Mm -hmm. And the narrative is not nearly there enough to be considered a narrative. Mm. It rides the limbo between storytelling and just imagery. And it's awful. Yeah, it's trying to tell stories with uh, with images. And that's what we yeah. want. But it's like you're not telling a cohesive story. Right. And we didn't even get to the score. The ding, 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 ding. I'm like, oh, God. Can Which I, and, and I really, I genuinely like, that was going to thing I want to talk about, the sound design. Mm. I liked the... The ambient techno technology noises, mm. the electronic whirring and mm. the humming and all of that, those are good and those give the scene an atmospheric touch that it needed at- desperately. Mm. I like that. I did it first yeah. and, until it got so repetitive that I'm True. like, okay, is are we doing anything? Like, are we moving to a different point? Because it all I've been getting the same beats from the beginning of the movie to the end with the score, right. and it doesn't seem like we're graduating to any steps. It was like I feel the same tension from your score that I did from the first five minutes that I do at the end instead of like a gradually, you know, like getting a gradual something. increase yeah. and release. Yeah. And I, I totally get that. Yeah. There was one scene that I wanted to talk about specifically because mm-hmm. I thought it was the stupidest fucking scene in the entire film. All right. And it's about when she's escaping and she goes into a room and there's a dead dude in it. And then the dead dude comes to life and starts chasing her zombie style. Yeah. And then the sound design gets that weird electronic whir Mm. and hum and whatever. But then they cut to the face of the thing like snarling at her. But Mm. it's got this really weird baby crying noise coming out of its mouth. Yeah. And it's a zombie attack in the middle of a psychic ESP movie. It seems to be, yeah. And it's just like, that. it's not clear if she brought him back to life or if the thing was alive in the first place and just connected through her to the psychic powers. Why is it attacking her? Why is it there? And most importantly, why do we give a fuck if this bitch dies, Mm -hmm. the zombie thing? There's no tension in the scene. There's nothing because I don't have information. Nope. Stop it. Stop it. Anyway. Yeah, it wasn't fun. No, that was, that's that's my take on this fucking movie. Yeah, it's, it's annoying. I say this is this is gonna be my lowest score of any movie we've done on for film's sake, but I'm going like a five point eight. That's generous because I'm giving this movie like a solid two and a half. Yeah, I can't yeah. go that low because like but like I said, the lighting the lighting person mm-hmm. that that lighting person can work anywhere that they want. Like they yeah. got a good lighting job. Um, cinematography stuff like I'm not giving you a ten out of ten, but it's like I give you like a seven out of ten. Uh, yeah, editing yeah. you know it's like some of those things it's like i can't take away like from everyone else's job there mm-hmm. like but i can like story-wise yeah you didn't enjoyment yeah but like some of those things i have to give you credit even though i don't enjoy it but like yeah yeah 
You're no. definitely not a six. <laughs> no, not for sure. The only reason I'm going so slow mm. is because although those things were good and mm. I'm giving them credit for doing those things, mm. the entirety of the film was such a mess and a clusterfuck. Oh, yeah, it was. That there were points that even while the lighting was good, mm. it was ruined by the artificial grain. Mm. It was ruined by the incessant use of close-up. It was ruined by a lot of the other decisions of mm. the film. Even though some of those elements were really good. And I want to give credit to whoever did them. Oh, yeah. And including sound design, which I quite enjoyed okay. a bit. It just didn't have enough graduation mm. to it. But I enjoyed the sound design. So, like, lighting, sound design, and cinematography, you guys get credit. Like, what would you... If, what, if, so that's what I'm saying. Like, that's how I grade. So, if you're going for, like, lighting, if you go, like, a 9 out of 10, or sound design, you go 9 out of 10... Or um, editing nine out of ten. For lighting, honestly, I would I would give it a for lighting only. I would give it a seven out of ten, mm. just for the lighting because yeah. I think the lighting was really good. For cinematography, I'm gonna go six out of ten because even though there was a lot of close-ups, they did look good. Yeah. And then for what was the last one? I got editing. Editing. Yeah. The techniques that they used were really interesting. Mm. I just felt like they were used inappropriately. So I'm going to get that like a five, yeah. you know, like in terms of sound individually. Yeah. They have pretty high scores individually, mm -hmm. but as a whole experience, it just gets bogged down by the incessant attack on the senses, the mm -hmm. mess of a structure, the characters that nobody cares about mm -hmm. and that we have no reason to care about. Yeah. Uh, it just gets bogged down by all of that. So like this is a movie like I hate 400 blows. Right. Mm -hmm. But I can recognize that 400 blows is good on all of those things. Yeah. I can, there is no redeeming quality, in my opinion, of this film other than lighting, sound design, and cinematography. Yes. So it gets a three. It gets. A, I'm gonna go as far as three. That I mean, is yeah, the okay. only thing. All right. See, I'll, I'll accept a three because, yeah. like, if we're if we're looking at three separate things that are good, mm -hmm. like, let's let's give them their credit. You know, yeah. the the three the three things that are good. But yeah, because I mean, I, the the um where you were going with it before, it was kind of like. So, like, if you're on a team mm. and there's 10 positions and then for your position, you made a 100. Right. But then because all the other non-positions scored a 50, then, then that you means you. Down, yeah. yeah, it's I'm like, no, I want to recognize you for what you did. You did very well. All of them, like, they, they might have fucked you up a little bit, but I'm still giving you full credit for what right. you did. And that makes you, know, sense. you know, but yeah. Yeah, um, it's three out of ten. It's the lowest score I've ever given on a, on a film. That is, yeah. Four I, was the lowest before for you, yeah. Yeah, do you remember what the four was? Uh, 400 Blows. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, and yeah. a four and a 4.5 for three women. <sighs> wow, three women. Okay, that makes sense. Three women got more than 400 Blows. Mm. Um, I, there, for me, in my movie experience, there was no redeeming quality that would make me watch this movie ever again. Oh, no. Um, no, no, no. There is nothing that you can say to me mm. as a fan of this movie mm. as to why it's good that would make me go like, you know what, I'll give it another go. Mm. I think it's an annoying experience, and I'm, interest I'm interested to see his other movie, though. Me too. Um, yeah. But uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow is forever on my blacklist. I mm. don't want it, I don't need it, and I hate it every fucking minute of it. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it again. Like yeah. I said, there's, there's, good, there's good things with the lighting, but if I want to study lighting, I can go watch a movie that's actually good. Right. That has good lighting, so yeah. I'm not, not coming back to it for this. So... I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I made you sit through it. I mean, I'm I'm not upset. Like it's it's a part of my it's a part of me now. And yeah. it is there. And I know it's like I fully, fully seen it, fully know it, and I know that I never have to go back there. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know? It's kinda like going to like Alabama. You know, yeah. once you go there and you come back, you never have to go to Alabama. Like I went there. I went, I know. <laughs> I know. But do you really know Alabama? Like, yes, motherfucker, yes. I was there. <laughs> I experienced it. Yes. <laughs> I could tell you all about it. <laughs> Never need to go back there again. <laughs> That's kind of how it is.
Ah, fuck me up, man. Yeah. So, what would you give it in total? Oh yeah, it's in um, this. Like, you just said five. Yeah, like five, five point eight, five point nine, like okay. under a six. Okay, cool, yeah. solid. Yeah. Let's uh, television and movie premieres, man. That's the only thing that's left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back. Television and movie premieres. Uh, this week in television and movie premieres. And guys, like I, I see on uh, social media a lot, there'll be like a, a show will come out and they'll be like, why is nobody talking about this show? You know what? Didn't nobody even knew. Well, listen to the podcast. So if, <laughs> if, if you are one of the people that listen to this podcast, then you well know the movies and the television shows that are coming out before they actually come out. Yep. You know, so here's the information. But um, this week in television and movie premieres is Tuesday, June the 26th through Monday, July the 2nd. The first one, this is a show that me and Brian both watch. Oh really? Glow. Oh fuck yeah, glow. glow. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I think I gotta catch up with season two's coming out yeah. now, right? Yeah, yeah, I gotta finish the last couple of episodes. Yeah, man, it's so good. Mark Marin, your guy. Yeah. He's, oh man, he's, all he's my it. boy. Yeah, man, he's so good. It's uh, this is gonna be Friday, June the 29th. Glow is a comedy drama coming back on Netflix for season two. And wait, and Alison Brie yep. and the whole female cast mm-hmm. absolutely kill. Yeah, all of that. Oh yes, it's so good. It's very very good. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I really enjoy that. So yeah, that's. Glow, come back from season two on Netflix. Be sure to check that out. Um, the next one is Sunday, July the 1st is Power. It's a drama on stars at 9 p.m. I think they're in season five or six now. This is a show executive produced by Curtis Jackson, a.k.a. 50 Cent. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a I very... I forgot his real name for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's a very, very, very successful show. It's the, We've the, talked about this yeah, before, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the biggest It's the biggest show on stars. I happen to think that it's very generic and predictable. Mm-hmm. And after the first two seasons, I was like, all right, I kind of can see your... St- I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm three steps ahead of you right. already, and I don't like those type of t- uh, television shows. Yeah. But... This is this is television, and I think that's kind of a big reason why you don't enjoy television at all, mm-hmm. you know, because of this. And but you know, but these are, this is one of those shows that the general population are really gonna like. Right? Th- yeah. Is this kind of a? I, I don't remember. Is this kind of an entourage like show? Uh, is it more dramatic? Is it like? It's it's a it's a drama. It's about a um a street a hustler guy that's um going legit and um just everything that goes into that. You know, so he's like a street person, but now he's a businessman, but he's still connected to the streets and all that stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty generic and predictable. But like I said, it's just that's the kind of television shows that stay around for a long time. Yeah, (laughs) you know. But um, but yeah, that's Power Sunday, July the first. Uh, the next thing is gonna be Monday, July the second. I think we both watch this too. Uh, Steven Universe. Oh, I've enjoyed Steven. I don't follow it, mm-hmm. but I enjoy Steven Universe. Me too. Like, yeah. Like if it's on tally and mm-hmm. I'm doing nothing, and I was like, oh, I'll watch Steven Universe. Me too. It's, it's good. Yep. It's really good. It's fun. It is. Um, I forget the um the lady's name who put me on it. She worked in the cage with us. I think she just oh, graduated. Yeah. Um, she's Tiana. a lady. Yeah, Tiana. Tiana. <laughs> yes. My girl, Tiana. Tiana. She's, she's put, great. Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> she put me on Steven Universe. I haven't like caught up on all of it though, but I mean, it is a really, really good. Yeah. So. Uh, Steven Universe Hearts of the Crystal Gems is an animation family show on Cartoon Network, 7.30 p.m. Fun fact, the lady that makes the show Mm -hmm. is, all right, there's going to be, she's either gay, Mm -hmm. bi, or trans. Okay. And she's a musician that kind of like runs the show. Yeah. And it's one of the few shows that like, Openly have the LGBT themes in the story, nice. Which is why a lot of people in the LGBT community love the show. Huh? 
Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know that, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like, if, if if you see the show and you notice a fan base, like at least fifty percent of them are like some shade of gay, yeah. or trans or bi. That is super yeah. true. You know what? Something else I didn't notice, and this is I'm about to completely digress. Yeah. And I think I might have said something about it before, but it was just like not noticing how a lot of the things that I that I really enjoy, as far as like entertainment, mm-hmm. are right in like the the like gay communities wheelhouse. Yeah, the LGBT alley. Yes, yeah. like right in there. It was like <laughs> a, a, like listening to like Olivia Newton John, and uh, like I'll, I'll be listening to like Olivia Newton John. Then my my girlfriend she'll chime in on all the things. <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, you might as well go to the gay club." I'm like, "They play this at the gay club," and she was like, "Yeah." So I was like, well, I guess I might as well go. <laughs> like, that sounds is, like a great time. <laughs> it does. Like, I didn't know this was, like, part of gay culture. Yeah. Same thing, like, uh, the television shows. It was, like, Bewitched, um, Golden Girls, Charmed. Like, all these things are, like, part of the LGBTQ community yeah. type stuff. I'm like, really? Like, I don't get it, but okay. So it's like, I'm noticing, like, a lot of those things. So I'm like... Yeah. You've always been, like, right? It's like there's, like, a thin wall mm. between you and the LGBT alley yeah. in terms of content. Mm. And then you just started slowly chipping just at the wall. Just a little bit in there, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, I had no idea, like, how... You know, but in, but yeah, there's a rainbow at the other side. Man. There definitely is. There is. But yeah, no, I love that shit. I, I I didn't realize that a lot of my content was also related to like closely attached to a lot of the LGBT community mm-hmm. until like two or three years ago. But yeah. I was just like, oh shit, this is all probably a little bit gay. I'm into it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I got share on my Spotify playlist. It'd be banging that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I got sure Celine Dion, Madonna, yeah. Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, into Lady that Gaga. shit. Yes, man. Like, Fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I, I love it. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is it for uh, for television. For movies, we got three movies coming out. Uh, the first one is called Leave No Trace. It's a PG movie, 109 minute running time. Sounds with like a, an annoying horror movie. Uh, maybe. Uh, it has a, a decent meta score, uh, 84 meta score. Uh, the rundown is a father and his 13-year-old daughter are living in a an ideal existence in a vast urban park in Portland, Oregon, when a small mistake derails their lives forever. Interesting. What's um, the genres? Uh, drama. Oh, okay. So uh, I, the title sounds like an annoying horror movie. Yeah. Um, but it's a drama with 84 meta score, and a, it's like a family drama, like a standalone family drama. Yeah. And it's only 109 minutes. I don't I recognize any of these people. Thomasine McKenzie, Ben Foster, Jeffrey Rifflard. I don't recognize these names. I've but heard Ben Foster before, but ben I don't Foster? know who he is. I mean, I'm not familiar. But I may be checking this out. Like, I like the middle score, and I like that they didn't give away too much of the story. But uh, that was that one. Then we have Uncle Drew. It's a, a PG-13 movie, 103-minute runtime. It's a comedy, a 56 Metascore. Um, Uncle Drew came from a, uh, a Pepsi ad that Kyrie Irving, a basketball player in the NBA, uh, they they dressed him up as a, a really old man, like a, gram- a grandpa. Oh. And, the, uh, and it was supposed to be funny because this elderly man is out there dribbling the ball and, like, making these kids look, like, silly because he's so much better than them. Right. And they decided to take that. 45 second advert and then turn that into a full length movie so that's that that's what oof, that is oof. listen mm-hmm. i feel like on the right hands mm-hmm. it could be a, like a like a super cool character study oh this is gonna be yeah but i know that it's not gonna be that. no it's not that oh, oh, oh i can <laughs> promise you that like it's i really that. want it to be like good and dramatic no. and have like a bunch of moments where you're just like holy fuck this is actually pretty deep mm. i know it's not that it's like the old man is like coming to grip grips with his age yeah. and then he's like having to let old thing go that he's been trying to hold on to his youth yeah. for so long and then there's like a young person that he sees himself in that young person that will eventually become him yeah None of that's gonna happen so he just kind of like he takes up the mantle and he goes like 
like, I'm old. Let me teach this young guy yeah. <laughs> how to be young in a way that doesn't make the same mistakes that I did. Mm-hmm. And it becomes like a My Hero Academia, pass mm-hmm. the torch kind of thing. Yeah. That would be interesting. It would. And it could still be funny. Yeah. But it's not going to be that. Oh, no, it's, it's not going to be that. It's sad. It's not going to be that. <laughs> but uh, Kyrie Irving's in it. Laurel Howery from Get Out's in it. Shaquille O'Neal, Chris Webber, uh, Nate Robertson, Reggie Miller. So, like, lots of basketball players. Who's, um, the, who's the one from Get Out? Uh, Laura Howery, he's the one that played TSA. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so that's gonna be out. I'm, I don't know how this movie will do. Yeah. I won't be seeing this in theaters, but I'm sure it'll be something I'll like watch on television for free at some point. I feel like the just judging because like the the cinema that's closer to me, mm-hmm. a lot of the like the like black produced movies, yeah, um, do really well. Yeah, in I think the box office there. Yeah. So I think I think we're gonna see a couple of people for for that. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's this huge names in it. I mean, as far as, like, uh, black culture names, like Chris mm-hmm. Weber, Shaquille O'Neal, Laura Howery, Kyrie Irving, Reggie Miller, like, these are huge names yeah. in, like, the black community. So, I mean, they're going to sell some tickets, but, like, I'm not watching it Sorry. unless, you know, I can watch for free at my right. own leisure. Like, in where my I can own just, house, yeah, naked, when with I my dick in my hand. When I can walk away from it at any time <laughs> yeah. that I want to. Like, yeah, I'll be seeing it then, but, yeah. I don't know why I made that. A, like like I'm a surbitory reference. Yeah, like why 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 you got your dick in your hand while you're watching Uncle Drew? <laughs> I, just, I just like to hold my dick. It made me think about uh, this old show called Married with Children, where Al Bundy would just be sitting there on the couch with his hands down his pants. So why you got your hands on your pants all the time? I was like, hey, I'm comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. My dick's just nice to hold. Man. It's nice to hold. I am. Um, the uh, the last movie is Sicario Two Salado, mm. uh, Soldado. 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 Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, soldier. Soldier. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Sicario Two Soldado. Um, is rated R. One hundred and twenty two minute runtime. It's an action crime movie. Sixty two meta score. The rundown is the drug war of the U S Mexican border has escalated as the cartels have begun trafficking terrorists across the U S border. Uh, to fight the war, federal agent Matt Garver reteams with uh, Mercurio Alejandro. Uh, the director is Stefano L- Solima, and it stars Benicio yeah. del Toro, Josh Brolin. Oh, Josh mm-hmm. Brolin is in there, too. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, this is a movie that I'm... I, I don't know if I'm going to go see it out in cinema, because mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen the first one. I'm not attached to the franchise. Yeah. But the trailers look good. And Benicio del Toro mm-hmm. is really good. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm excited just for Benicio. Yeah. And then and, and now that I know Josh Brolin's in it, um, I might go see it. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. It's a maybe for me too. Yeah. But um, yeah, that is it for television and movie premieres. Yeah, okay. I, th- I think that's it yeah. for me too. Oh, the one thing that uh, I didn't mention in the opening is that uh, Boku no Hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, that fight with All Might. Yes. Uh, All Might and All for One just kicks so much ass. Yes, he does. And I loved everything about it, and now I'm reading the manga again. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love fucking the hero. Oh, it is so good. So good. There's a fighting game coming out for it. I'll it's be called it. Justice for One. And it's uh, it's it's very much like the, the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm. Yeah. Uh, just with Boku no Hero. I will be. I will have that early. Yeah. I'll, I'm fighting with. If you had to pick, pick a character, who you be who you would be fighting with? Who would you pick? Ooh, I really like uh, Todoroki. Mm-hmm. Um, That's one of the jet feet uh, legs. No, Todoroki is a uh, half ice, half fire. Oh, the ha- yeah, the yeah, ha- half, 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 half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Todoroki. If I had to pick who to fight for, like who to fight with, though, mm-hmm. I'd probably pick Toga because she Which can copy. Toga? She's the we haven't met her yet in the anime. Like, no, no, we have met her. She's the lady with the syringes. 
the blood lady. That oh yeah, yeah, she she's with yeah. the other uh, bad guys. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. The right. reason why in the game though is because she injects the syringes mm. and then she copies. She turns into the character mm. and then she has pretty much any power that you have for like yeah. a set amount of time. Yep. So that's gonna be a lot of fun just to be a annoying piece of shit. Yeah. I used to do that with Kakashi in the original Ultimate Ninjas. Mm. Yeah. Just like shotting on them bitches. And Hell it's yeah. like ah, oh, so good. I'm excited. If if I'm picking anybody, I'm taking Endeavor. Um, oh, who's Endeavor. Work, his, his, his his father. Yeah, yeah, man, because like when I don't know how it is in the uh, in the manga, you know, as far as reading, but it's like when I'm watching it, you get to see who he is. It's like he's the number two hero, whatever. But in reality, like he's the the linchpin, like the staple in society. Like as our main hero, All Might is getting all the credit, and he's yeah. the first one there. The one that has to do all the dirty work is Endeavor, like <laughs> actually getting everything done. And he's super powerful, and he doesn't have like that the the weakness of only being able to use his power so much and for so long. Right. So it's like if I'm gonna take a power in a person, I'm taking Endeavor. Like yeah. this guy's super fire powerful. He becomes the number one hero after this well, for one fight. Yeah. yeah. He becomes a shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, Endeavor's really Endeavor's really solid. Yeah. I think I think my favorite character from the entire anime though has to be uh Eraserhead. Oh yeah, I man! Love, I love him so. Yeah, much. Yeah, you ain't got no powers no more. Like, <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> I don't play that shit. Oh, you're gonna shoot fire? Go fuck yourself. Yep. How about that? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Anyway, I think that's it for today's episode. Thank yeah. you all for listening. Yes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS Podcast. My, you can find us on Facebook at the FFS Podcast, and you can find us on iTunes, uh, Google Play Music app, iTunes Podcast app, sorry, mm. and Stitcher under the name for film's sake. Hey. And my personal Twitter handle is at Brian Ochilla. I'm at T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. hey. And uh, thank you all for listening. We will see you next week. Hopefully with a better movie. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>